Welcome to Rick Radio Community News, that's episode 58. I'm Mick Hanley. Later in the programme we'll be talking with Liza Caulfield about our new pilot scheme, Glee Club, and to Leah Chevalier, who begins group training classes for puppy and adolescent dogs. We'll also have news of the Easter tea dance taking place later in the week. But first, we're going to talk about the theatrical double bill that will take place this Thursday the 6th of April at 7.30pm here at the centre. Later we will talk with actor Michael Judd, who will be appearing in A Galway Girl with Sinead Colreavy. But to begin with, I caught up with Sheila Flitton, who recently starred in The Banshees of Inishairn, and who will be performing in her one-woman show, Beasy, here on Thursday. Sheila, I'm delighted uh, that you're joining us here uh, today to talk about it, and to talk a little bit about your, your career. Um, you've had big success recently uh, as a member of The, the Banshees uh, in... Uh, of Inishairn, but uh, you've had a long and distinguished career well, be- be- before that. Lovely to be here. Thanks for asking me to come. Uh, tell me with, with Beasy, because you wrote it with your, your son David as well. Very can, much so, Can you just yeah. kind of tell the audience what, what, what it's about and how you came about to, to write it? Yes, uh, it's an interesting story, I suppose. I used to go down to Sligo a lot with the family. And um, David actually, at that time, David was in college in Edinburgh, so he wasn't really part of it. And uh, I sort of, I, I heard about BC. My mom was at that time getting a little bit of dementia and honor. And I was thinking, gosh, what would it be like to live on the island? I got curious, you know. And I was telling David about it. And uh, of course, um, He's a writer now, he has five books out, but at that time he was a psychologist. And so he was madly interested in Sligo anyway. So he came down and, um, oh, he got hooped, I mean, the two of us. I'm more a storyteller, I suppose, but he's very much, uh, he, he kind of poetic or literary. So yeah. we were a great mixture. I knew we'd be a great mixture. So we did it. I used to go over to Edinburgh, have rehearsals. We interviewed every old person. Here's me talking now, in Sligo. And they were like, I mean, they were in their late 90s, some of them. Yeah. So we were thrilled because they knew. And then we decided, right, we're going to do it. And it, it was turning out great. And I might as well tell you the first time what the... The, oh yeah, well, I think what was great was I was in RT doing a play and Catherine Hughes was the secretary of drama and she came over for have a cup of tea with me and we sat down and she said, well, Sheila, what are you at now? And I said, David and I are writing about Beasy Gallagher from The Last on the Islands in Sligo. And, I, and she looked at me like a bit weird and, I, and she said, you know, I'm from Sligo. She said, I said, I did in Catherine and it was Sligo. And next thing she says, my dad was Sergeant Hughes who took Beasy off the island in 1947. Oh, incredible. Yeah, so yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So in all the research, like, here it was. And he, I went down to see him in Dean's Grange. He lived. He was 92. So he got out in the horse's mouth. And then the per- first performance, David kept saying to me, You're, we're not ready, Mum. You haven't got it together. You're not linking them. And I was going, ah, it's grand, you know, because he's not in the theatre. And I thought... 
I said, don't be, don't be worried. We're grand. And he kept saying, no, you're not. Anyway, the la- that last day we, of rehearsal, uh, we were doing it in Players Wheels Theatre in uh, Players Wheels, not Players Wheels, Players in Trinity. And we, I was meeting Ashling to get uh, our confirmation shoes. And she said, you, you have to ring your neighbour home. And I said, what does she want now? She wants to live somewhere. And I rang. And lo and behold, my mum had died of a heart attack. Oh, sorry to hear that. So yeah. that was yeah. the end yeah. of that. And then it, we let everything go for a while. And then I spoke, I don't know if you're interested in how it happened then, how it really took off. One day the kids were in school and I decided, you know, I'll go into Trinity to see a play. I didn't know what was on at lunchtime. I knew it's probably a student thing or something, I don't know. And I was sitting next to an American lady, and I knew because she had blue hair and blue glasses, and <laughs> she was probably in her 70s, and I would have been about maybe 50. And so we got chatting, and she was there over here to look at theatre space. She had a theatre in Sacramento. And so we got chatting with coffee. She, I gave her David's number. She was going off to Edinburgh. It's a festival. And the next thing... I had already written my For Better, For Worse, Some Battered Wives play. Yeah. And the next thing I got a phone call, she wanted to do For Better, For Worse in the weekends. And at busy at the weekends, For Better, For Worse during the week. And that was the first of, like, I've been, I've done it here for the president. And I've done it, I've done it everywhere, really. South Africa and America and all over. All because of that one meeting With in Trinity. Name. Yeah. Incredible, incredible yeah. lady. Um, with it. And not only, I, I did mention earlier, but not only uh, did you write it with your son, but you performed it. It's a one-woman show. And he directed it as well. And he directed it as well, yeah. yeah. So it's a one-woman show. It, 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 it's on probably for about an hour, is it? How long does it, how long does it take? To... Uh, almost the hour, 55 almost, minutes. Almost an hour, yeah. so... You're holding the stage for that. For Listen, the first thing that people ask me, particularly active retirement, how do you remember the lines? And Absolutely. I just say to them, hard work. I mean, I do. I've been rehearsing for your show now, but I'm doing Tala ICA group yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And I would rehearse at home in the room, in the line, in the sitting room, and make sure, because it's all work. I mean... It's preparation. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't do it, it's not because you have a great memory. It's because it's repetitive. It's like being in school, you're learning poems, right? Yeah. And you're going over it. Even when I'm driving. And I only drive short journeys, but I'd be saying a little scene here, a little scene there, you know, as far as I'm going. I might be going up for a little swim in Westwood and I'd be doing a little scene as far as there. And you'd have to do that. Otherwise, there's no way that you could leave it for two or three weeks and then go back and start again. At least I don't think so. Even though you've performed it so many times as well. Absolutely. 40 yeah. years. Yeah. Nearly 40 it. years, yeah. Incredible. Yep. Um, with it. You're, you're, you're kept extremely busy at the moment. And I know. As I said, uh, we know that you're in the Banshees uh, of English Air, oh. which, which got huge, uh, I suppose, uh, media coverage. Uh, recently, what, what was it? What was that like for you? It was amazing, but it was since Colin Farrell, and I nearly fell out of my chair when he was the Global Awards, and he mentioned my name, yeah. said lovely things about me. 
from that day on, to, to nobody, for God's sake, I'm in the theatre nearly 60 years. So you do everything. I was nominated for Best Actress for the Beauty Queen, Lenan, for Martin McDonough. But nobody cares, nobody knows. And if you were looking for publicity, they wouldn't give it to you. And all of a sudden, I'm on every chat show and everything. <laughs> but uh, Ackle, and, well, now, do you want to hear another story? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Two weeks before I did the film, contract out, Martin McDonough's interviews and all the rest of it, and... I was so excited. The money was brilliant, which you don't get in the theatre, you know. I was, family were going to be shared. Everything was going to be grand. I was in the chemist in Stilorgan, and his guy was mending my camera, Richard. And the next thing, he moved. He said, come on, Sheila, go down that end and i fix your camera. And I went to follow him, and I twiddled, because he was fast. Yeah. And I went down, and I broke my shoulder. Oh, no. And I was battered from face, arm, and everything. So I thought, that's the end. And they said in the chemist, all I could say was, that's the film gone. <laughs> and in the ambulance, off I went. And I was sure that was the end of it, Mike. I really was sure. Yeah. And the lovely producer, Joe, she was English, kept saying, but, but Martin wants you. And I knew some of the makeup and hair from other films. And they kept saying, look, we're going to give you a false sleeve for under your cloak. You have a cloak anyway. And um, we will be all right. The makeup will fix you up. And I was thinking, they're all dreaming, you know. But in the end, Joe said, well, I was on to Martin again. And he says, I want Sheila. And that's it. And I said, what about all the actors in Galway? Brilliant actors. I said, no, no. So David came down from Donegal. Well, he was coming down because the others were going away. And... Uh, he came down to kind of, I suppose, look after me in a way, because I was useless. And um, she kept ringing and saying, look, there's a reading, Sheila, in Galway in the Druid, and you can come down. And I was going to say, no, David said, we'll go. And he, she said, bring David with you. Lovely lady. So the two of us, a merc came to the door, and Very off nice. we went to Galway. <laughs> and he wouldn't let me stay the three or four days. But I did the read, and I got a round of applause when I got there. And, of course, I knew Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. I'd worked a little bit with them a long time ago. They yeah. probably didn't remember. Brendan did the treaty. And I, we couldn't remember the name of the film Colin and I did. But Colin Farrell looked after me like a baby. Now, the, Brendan's great crackers, but they were all great. But Colin just, like, took me over, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like the kindest guy in the whole world, I swear to God. And... Uh, they got, I got rid of the battered face a bit. They, um, they, they had no problem. I mean, to them, so what? Like you know, and I wasn't using that arm. Yeah, I used the other arm. I yeah, think, you know. But um, the I, even the driver I had from one hotel to the set, he said to me towards the end, he said, "You know what, Sheila? When you arrived, I said that woman is not going to be able to work." And thought, thanks, John, that very nice area. <laughs> so, like, I was actually cured of it while I was down there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was a terrific experience. I mean, there's a cast of 11. You know, Pat Short, yeah. John Kenny and all that crowd. And there was great crack. And uh, I, I just loved it. It's a dream. It was, it was a dream come true. Yeah. Martin McDonough, yeah, having absolutely. done the Beauty Queen Lenan, you know? Yeah, yeah. Jeepers, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable, yeah, it was great. And uh, great, to, you're still working away. Oh, you're I did three films. down work, I think. I, I, I yeah, I, I did three films since. One with Colomini, 
and that was nice, it was comedy. Uh, the other two I just had a bit, you know, but grand. And uh, then I did get a call for, I think it was called the tourist or something, but anyway, I had commitments, I had five BZs. Yeah. So I decided, uh, no, I, stick, I always stick to my words. But I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't care. I mean... To tell you the truth, like, the money was so brilliant on films. Yeah. I didn't yeah. need to be running after another one. True, yeah. You know, yeah, and I yeah, prefer yeah. theatre and I prefer doing busy. Yeah. I love doing busy. Not yeah. easy, as I said, you work hard for it. You work hard indeed. But you, you the satisfaction, it's the audience participation in busy, you see. <laughs> well, Gina, brilliant to, to have you and brilliant to talk with you. Well, and uh, you. we wish you every success in your future career thank as well. Thank you. Uh, kind thank of thing. And certainly look forward to, uh, to Beasy on I'm looking on forward to it, I really am. My thanks to Sheila Flitton, who will perform Beasy this Thursday at 7.30pm. You can hear an extended interview with Sheila in a couple of weeks' time here on the Community News Desk. A fascinating story indeed. Now also on Thursday evening at the Theatrical Double Bill, the second play is A Galway Girl featuring Michael Judd and Sinead Colreevy. Well, earlier on I caught up with Michael to find out a little bit more about the play. Michael, you're very welcome to the uh, podcast today. Thank you very much. Michael, um, yourself and Sinead, um, you're a married couple. And That's right. this is all about uh, a couple that uh, went from Ireland uh, to London. Uh, back in the 50s. Can you uh, tell us a bit more about it? Well, um, it starts off, um, Mick, at the, the, the opening lines. Uh, they're at their wedding breakfast. And um, it's um, in those days, people had their, uh, their wedding breakfasts in the morning and then they went off. Uh, you know, it wasn't like today where it would have been a much more... Uh, Quieter affair, you know. Yeah, three day and, of, and three day events now. I think <laughs> money going around and things like that. So the lines Geraldine Aaron has written are um, you're immediately brought into the story of uh, Dermot and his wife um, in the play. You know. Yeah, yeah. And tell me the fact that yourself and Sinead are, are married in real life. Does that add to the uh, performance? Would of you say? Course. Yeah. Of course it does. It's like any uh, relationship, you know. Um, there's so much uh, 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 that can be said that's not said but speaks volumes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's ab- the intonations of the uh, how you phrase the lines, and um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a sort of a. a uh, a very, very, it hits home. There's very little that you say that isn't said in the play. And it only goes for 35 to 40 minutes, but it says volumes about marriage, about love, mm. about, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, spending your life with uh, each other and helping through difficult moments and, it's a it's a it's a great uh, it's a great uh, piece uh, to, to hold up uh, the, on on uh, what a marriage can can be and should be like you know indeed and of course Michael back in the fifties many Irish people uh, went to the UK to Britain 
uh, to set up um, themselves for life, really. We had a huge influx of emigration then to the UK. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a, a, a sort of a release valve where if there was no work, people just got on the boat and, and headed off. Um, but sometimes I think, God, I've pitied the younger generation today, you know, where that sense of uh, travel and, and excitement is no is not an option now. You have to go with, uh, you know, your degrees and you have to go. You, the whole world has changed, hasn't it? Well, it has indeed, yeah. And we're seeing that in the country at the moment, I suppose, with... Uh uh, the housing crisis and uh, cost of living yeah. crisis uh, as well. Uh, for yourself, Michael, talking about travel, you um, you worked in Irish theatre and television since the nineteen eighties, and but you emigrated to uh, America and the New York stage uh, in particular uh, for, for for quite a, a number of years. Yeah, um, I left. Uh, both of us, we we left. Sinead and myself, um, we and we we wanted to. Uh, experience what it was like to be out living abroad in, in New York and uh, we attended a lot of uh, acting classes and uh, and then we were very lucky to start working on the professional circuit over there and uh, we toured uh, in many plays uh, got to see many cities and uh, you know to Lots of lots, lots of good times we have had, and then we had our son Lorcan. Um, he good. was born in America, and um, so we it enriched. Uh, you know, travel is a great way, in more ways than one. To you know, it's Ireland is a wonderful country, but there's a world outside of Ireland also. Yeah, yeah, and while you were away there, you you, you, you found it. Uh, the Bamba Crown was a theatre company that's, as that's well. That's right, yeah. We, we set up uh, this company uh, ourselves, and we still have it now. We run it ourselves now, Sinead and myself, and uh, we do a couple of different productions, one of them being uh, Galway Girl, but the another one is uh, by one-man show on Oscar Wilde, The Importance of Being Oscar. Oh, very good, going, yeah. Which yeah. I believe I... I'm going to be bringing to Rings End also at another another time. Oh, we look forward to that. We certainly look yeah. forward to, to that. Um, I, I suppose when you came back then to Ireland, was there any purpose for for that? Or well, it, it's it, it, it was a family situation, and uh, we, uh, you know, the family brought us uh, back in a, in a way, uh, uh, and then. Uh, we decided we'd stay uh, because uh, things things were uh, we were needed at home. I put it that way to you, things elderly to... parents. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it was a bit of a wrench at the time, but we're glad we're back in our own country now. And uh, and, and looking 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 for uh, to the present or at the moment, Michael, would you say that since you came back to the theatre? Uh, has you know come on in leaps and bounds uh, well, since maybe the fifties well, or the eighties? Well, I, I, in some ways, I think um, you know, theatre has to, for it to be re- relevant has to tell the stories of what's happening at at each given time. 
And if you look back on the history of theatre, um, the stories that come out of uh, the great plays were written about, you know, things that uh, at that time were happening within families, within, like, uh, you know, communities. Yeah. Uh, O'Casey, you had uh, Beckett, you had all of these different Freel, uh, uh, and uh, and now we have some wonderful playwrights too. Sebastian Barry has written some wonderful plays. We have uh, Conor McPherson. So it's a there's a, it's a constant moving process theatre. Uh, we look at the success of the films there um, yeah. with uh, uh, Colleen Kuhn uh, and uh, the Banshees. So there's always. Uh, it's a creative world. Sometimes it, it takes a bit of a lull and sometimes um, it, there's some wonderful stuff comes to the to the surface, you know? Yeah, well, we're certainly looking forward to, uh, to seeing yourself and uh, Sinead in the Galway Girl here uh, on the 6th of, of April, and I'm sure you are too. We are indeed. Come and join us at our Retro Café open weekdays from 10 until 2 here in the community centre come and check out our Karen's culinary delights you're listening to the community news desk on rick radio well joining me now on the community news is eliza caulfield and eliza is a singer performer all to do with entertainment and uh, eliza you're very welcome to the podcast thanks mick um we're here i suppose today too we we, we know you, you you sang for us for Women's International Day on our podcast as well. But we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something that's close to your heart and that's setting up a a pilot scheme, uh, the Glee Club, uh, for for younger people, first of all. Tell us a little bit about that. So I suppose um, in January, um, how my relationship with the community centre started was my dad is in the Riverside Choir and they used to run out of Rings End College and they now run out of the community centre. And I would be dad's carer, so... um, you know, a lot of people's lives started at the, or changed, should I say, at the start of the pandemic. And my role fell into a carer role with, with dad's health, just yeah. being what it was, age-related um, issues and whatnot. So one of the issues, he has a heart condition and I'm CPR trained, so I have to kind of be with him everywhere. And uh, the choir did their risk assessment because he, he had a little mishap last year, frightened everybody. So they said, look, we've done our risk assessment, you need to be there. So lo and behold, I'm down the community centre when they reconvene in January and next thing there's music put in here you sing there's music put into my hand and within two weeks I was accompanying the choir and while I have to say it's a nice genre of music um but it's more suited to, to the the older demographic and um while I have worked with adults I've always worked with kids I had theatre schools in Waterford uh Waterford City Waterford County Dublin um you know I've, I've a certificate in performing arts I've always been involved in the stage whether it's the yeah. technical end of it, the performance end of it, the production end of it. You know, we've been in the All-Irelands. I've won All-Irelands with my shows, my productions, um, you know, choral festivals with the kids. So uh, I suppose for the last three years between um, dad's health, family challenges, COVID, the whatnot, yeah, and yeah. then two years back, a lot of people in the area now, I had my own health challenges as well. I'd, um, I had a tumour removed from my throat. So that was a... Oh my God, am I, am I going to live? Am I going to die? Am I going to be able to speak again? There was 
all sorts of um, never mind seeing never mind seeing <laughs> yeah. you know because all the nerves were uh, eyesight smell speech everything yeah and i'm a swimmer as well and there's they had to go in quite deep so there's a, a nerve for the um the shoulder and they were like now you might swim you might and i'm just oh my god just get it out do what you have to do so glass half full and all of that but um the irony of it is is where it was lying when they took it out my technical voice actually improved so through being with the choir i just started kind of going I wonder could I do something small scale where it doesn't take the massive organisation that a theatre school would when I had Irish Town Stage School. Yeah. I can still care for dad, I can still look after the family, but I can do what my bra is, which is singing and performing. So I'm looking at setting up a, a glee club, which would be, um, you know, like I suppose a pilot scheme. And a lot of people don't know what a pilot scheme is. So it's basically like a free trial where you try something out for a couple of weeks and you, you tweak it. Does it work? Doesn't it work? And then I'll do an official launch then in September. So For the dummy like myself now, what, <laughs> what, what is a glee club? So a glee club would be um, where a group of people come together to perform, to learn harmonies. Um, but I would also be offering vocal coaching as well, group vocal coaching. So a lot of people aren't aware that like you know they think of singing and there's natural born singers there's no such thing as a natural born singer there are people who have a better aptitude for mimicking what they hear within the industry but singing is down to technique hard work and the the, the foundations of it is breathing so what i'd say to every singer is do you swim because most people would, would have heard of frank sinatra or would have elder family members that would go on about yeah. frank sinatra frank sinatra used to do lengths under the pool every day for his breathing control so breath is is where the singing comes from. So your voice, your body is your musical instrument where the sound comes from is your mouth, but you're actually placing it within your head, your face, your resonance. There, there's, it's so technical, um, but amazing when, when, you, when you look at it, even the whole structure of the vocal cords and how they work. And it's, it's fascinating. And then obviously the sound of harmonies when they work and just that, that group vibe of being together and producing something together that everybody loves. It just... It just gets the good, the good happy hormones going, the endorphins and the serotonin flowing. It's just, it's, it's brilliant, you know. So, uh, and you're starting off with uh, youths, as you say, from the age eight up to, to so six, from eight to sixteen yeah. will be the initial pilot. Um, yeah. So there's there's a good load of inquiries coming in already, but the registration is today. This um, evening, this evening from, happen, from, yeah, from five yeah. o'clock to six o'clock in the centre. Um, when I say for people to come in for registration, obviously working with with kids. Um. You know, you need to get information, you know, have, have they any medical issues? Have they, you know, um, any allergies or whatever? Because obviously when you have kids in your care, you, you, you need to be able to fully look after them. As well, so yeah, I have yeah. all my child protection, my guard vet and my first aid, everything. Um, so it's it's basically just to gather that kind of information. It'd be the one time the poor child take an asthma attack or something. I'd be like, sorry, what's your name? Oh, my God, what's wrong with you? You know, so yeah. once you have that information, you, you've got your form right. Well. There's her mammy's name, she's Mary, that's her phone number. You're going to be all right. I believe you have an inhaler, which you're able to. It's not just about providing a service for the kids. You have to, you know, take responsibility for them within yeah, that time yeah. frame as well. So that's that's something very yeah. important to me. The a lot of responsibility ethics, now, now, the nowadays. The ethics around yeah. working yeah. with kids is very important for me. You yeah, know? So, absolutely. And how many will you be able to take? So uh, 30, 30 is, is the cap. 30, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, you're going to start on uh, Monday the 17th. So Monday the 17th, yeah, yeah, and it'll be for six weeks from 4.30 to 6 o'clock here in the centre. Um, and then what happened was when we started to put, it, put out the feelers for this and, and um, the information went around the community, 
I've had a number of, of over 18s contact me going, would you do something like this for us? There's no musical society in the area. There's no choir. There's no singing for our group. And I thought, you know what? Like, there's so many fantastic singers in the yeah, area. Yeah. But even if you don't, and it's something that you want to try, there's very few, the statistics are there's 1% of people in the world who it doesn't matter how much training or whatever you give them, they won't learn singing. So there's actually a disability. I'm in that 1%, I can't <laughs> sing. <laughs> there's actually a disability where the ear cannot hear rhythm or pitch or tone. So the old adage, tone deaf, is is a scientific fact. So there will be one or two that like you'll just play. That's a C, you can hear it, and they're just like, nah, you know, they're giving you the wrong key. So they just can't hear. And that's, look, you know, variety yeah. makes the world go round, you know. Um, but for for ninety nine percent of of everybody else, you know, it's 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 hard work. Not hard work. It's it's like as I say to anybody, if you run a run a marathon, you, you you've done a train. You know, you have to put in if you're going to swim a mile, yeah. you've got to start off with your yeah. laps. Yeah. If you're going to you're going to dance, you've got to warm up your legs. You know, so yeah. singing is is a sport. Like your vocal cords, yeah. like there's muscles, there's everything in there. So you've got to warm up and you've got to know how. But when you stick with it and you know, another um, comparison I'd make, maybe say like a diet where, you know, consistency is key, slow and steady, maybe lose a stone over a year and for yeah, a yeah. box in the evening or whatever. Singing is the same. It's the same pattern of you've got a goal. So you're going to turn up every week and you're going to do the vocal exercises, practice your music and there'll be some difference after that. So you yeah. put the work in, you'll get the results. You know? So for the over 18s, you are going to set up a pilot scheme? I'm going to set up a pilot, a free, pi a free pilot for the over 18s as well. So I'm just waiting to get information back on um, a time slot that's available here. And as soon as I have that, the, the eight or nine women have already reached out to me. So I'll get back to them on that. And of course, everybody else is welcome. So that'd be 30 as well for that one. Brilliant, um, brilliant, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, that's so there will be a few choirs in the so area, there, in a, the centre. There will be a few sing-songs, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. I'm sure why not, you know, as I say, it was one of the first things that struck me, Mick, during the pandemic, you know, yeah. like, when the first lockdown happened, um, you know, I remember Leo Varadkar and the, the, the tricolour behind him and he's making this announcement on the steps and we're like, oh my God, we're all going to die, just truckloads of bodies coming out of Italy in army trucks and it's like, yeah. what times are we living in? What the hell? What's ahead? Nobody knew what was ahead. Friday. We didn't know how long it was going on for. And I always remember one lady went onto our balcony in Italy and you know, it's loads of stuff going around on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and this woman just began to sing and everybody joined her and I was like, oh my God, I just miss singing so much and it was, it just... Music unites people. It does. It yeah, doesn't matter what your language yeah, is, yeah, yeah, what yeah. what what your culture is, what part of the world you're from. You know what fairy in the sky you pray to. Music unites us. It's it's a common thread through through all of us. Right. You know. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Now the as you said the uh, registration is from this evening. Uh, it's on between five and six p.m. for eight to sixteen uh, year olds. Mm -hmm. Thirty or. The first 30 really is the first 30, yeah. Uh, and after and that, that, we'll do a waiting list. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, for know. anyone who wants maybe to contact you or anything like that, is there an email address? Or so, yeah, so if they're if they're on Facebook and they go onto the Rings M page, yeah, they'll see a poster for this that has all the information, has my email and my phone number. Um, if I can give my email and phone number out over the radio yeah, anyway, yeah, um, absolutely. so the phone number is 087 790 1591. And the email is L-I-Z-A-C-A-U-L-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. But if they look up my name, they'll get my contact details anyway, because I've done a lot of work in this field. 
uh, over the over the years, the decades. Brilliant. <laughs> so it's, well, it's out there on the internet anyway. So We, we wish every success yeah. with it. Uh, oh, we look God forward to yeah. having you in again when you're going to set up the, yeah. the senior uh, well, that's right, and then well. the, and, and maybe then we'll see we'll later see where on it the year, how it's all, where it's all going. Well, I do yeah. believe the kids are going to perform at the um, the rock festival here in that's May right, as with, well. With Dylan, so yeah, yeah. They could up and do a little song there as well. So it's a nice little performance opportunity. And then at the end of the six weeks, I'll call in the folks, the guardians, the whoever wants to come in and see them and say, "Look, this is what we've done in this six weeks." And a little performance opportunity for them, you know. So brilliant, absolutely. So that's the story. Yeah. Well, many thanks to Liza Caulfield. Also this week, the centre hosts the Easter Tea Dance on this coming Wednesday, the 5th of April from 2 to 4pm. Live music comes from the Pastimes Group and there will be special guests and spot prizes. Admission is free, so make sure you come along. Well, joining us on the community news now is Leah Chevalier. <laughs> well uh, Harmony for Pause is the name of the company. And uh, Leah, uh, you're very welcome to uh, the programme. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, you're going to be doing uh, group training classes uh, with puppies and adolescent dogs. And uh, you've brought in uh, Croquette uh, <laughs> with, with you today uh, to join us for the interview. Um, and tell us a little bit about what uh, you're, you're going to do. Okay, so what I'm going to do is, for four weeks, give puppies and adolescent dog owners the tools to a lot of different things that happen on a daily basis. Oh, Like for walks, for example, being able to have the dog walking on a loose leash, uh, being able to have the dog fo- focusing on them, addressing all the issues that typical uh, puppy's owner can encounter, like jumping up, nipping, all that kind of things. Uh, We'll also talk a lot about how to address and to answer all the dog's natural needs. Uh, For example, a bit of mental stimulation every day, all that kind of thing that basically every dog and puppy owners need to know to be able to cohabitate in peace with their dog. When you say puppy and adolescent dogs, up to what age is that? Uh, so the puppy classes will be from three months once they are fully vaccinated until six, seven months old. And then we move into the adolescent uh, group because basically puppies and adolescents will like the owners will encounter different uh, issues. So this is why they're in two separate groups, because the puppies, we will focus on really different uh, skills than we will for adolescents. Because basically with the adolescent, we go a bit deeper in all the things that we could see with the puppies. And we also address things like um, like focus on the handler and things like that. Because basically when dogs turn into adolescents, there like a lot of hormones involved in the whole thing. And a lot of different behaviors that we really didn't see before can actually happen. I'm looking here, uh, jumping up as well, because they jump up on people. Yeah, jumping as on well, people, which is jumping natural. up yeah, yeah. out of the dogs, all the things like that. And for some dogs, it's not even an issue, but for some others, it can be a real problem because not everyone is a dog person. And sometimes you don't want another people's dog just coming up to you in the street and putting their dirty paws on you, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is basically a program that will give them all the skills they need to be able to cohabitate and have peaceful walks with their dogs. And you're going to 
have the classes here in Ringed yeah. Irish and Community yeah. Centre. Um, will it be indoor or outdoor? Uh, so it's going to be indoors. Uh, yeah. I'm only taking a small group of three to four dogs. Uh, yeah. Because the, of a limited space. But that way we'll really be able to address everybody's issues individually in the group. Because basically every dog is already at a certain level. So we just take each dog where they are and get them to progress because there are so many different layers on every behavior. So even if they already have a bit of um, obedience training, it doesn't mean they can still benefit from this. Like they still will be able to be like to improve their dog's focus. Um, and sometimes when they people have done a bit of obedience training individually, it's also good to have that uh, kind of setup with other dogs around them. To just because when you're on walks, you will encounter people, you will encounter dogs, and it doesn't mean if a dog knows how to do things in the inside, it doesn't mean they will be able to do it on the outside. Yeah. So yeah. basically, it's a bit of generalizing the skills to an environment that's a bit busier than what you would have at home, and working on all the obedience skills uh, and focus in that environment. And the the classes are going to be on from. Uh, the 11th of April, which is the Tuesday after yeah. Easter. Yeah. Um, uh, they're going to be on in the evening. What time will they be on it? Okay, so the class, is, the first group will be at 6.30. Yeah. And the second group will be at 7.30. Oh, so you're going to have two groups, yeah. but maybe four dogs in each group. Is yeah. that a, so Three to four, yes. Yeah, so you're looking like for a total of, of, of eight dogs. Yeah. For, for, yeah. And it'll be for four weeks. Yeah, four weeks. Uh, four weeks. And you're going to carry on another yeah, four yeah, weeks yeah, then yeah, after oh, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, during the four weeks then is is, is is obviously it's enough time to get the dogs trained up to, to what level you want them to. Yeah, because basically what I do is I show the exercises in the, the environment of the class, but then there will be emails with all the instructions. Yeah. So once because sometimes dogs can be a bit overwhelmed in that kind of environment, but the people will still get every document they need to be able to work on this at home. So between the sessions, they will also have a bit of homework to do, to practice. So then the next session, we can go a bit further with the skills. Oh, yeah. So you, they do it at home as well yeah. with the dog. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Continue it on. Yeah, a bit like, training. A bit like yeah. an adult or, or people going to, to, to school, yeah. kids going to school. You get your homework to do, yeah, definitely. To, to do afterwards as well. And, and does the size of dog make much difference there? No, it actually doesn't because I don't use any violence, any restraint or any force. My yeah. methods are purely based on positive reinforcement. So what we do is we teach the dog how to perform the good behavior and we reward it. So we always make sure the dog is successful. So the size doesn't matter. It could be a 45 kilos Rottweiler or a <laughs> or mini a small poodle dog, like mine. Like, like croquet, yeah. 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 I use exactly the same techniques because even if it was a horse, I wouldn't use any force because yeah. you don't yeah. need to. Yeah, yeah. Like the way I work is by respecting the dog's uh, natural needs. Yeah. Uh, making sure they are always able to perform the behavior. So before that, there are a lot of work that needs to be done to meet their needs. Because, for example, you can't ask a dog who never goes out to come back to you when you do if they're too overstimulated because they never go out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we need to make sure they're in an emotional place that actually allows them to do those behavior. Indeed. I suppose after or during COVID maybe as well, lots of people perhaps got a dog. They uh, did. <laughs> you know, 
for to go walking. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, we, we, we've seen some uh, news uh, items where, you know, especially around Christmas, mm-hmm. where dogs are, are back with dogs trust and sent back to pounds and different things. Uh, like that but there's plenty of dogs there at the moment anyway I there think, are a lot of dogs out and about and as you say mainly from people who got dogs during uh covid to, to, to walk would you be telling people the best methods to, to train the dog as well to yeah you know, definitely. yeah and every dog is different like there is not a standard method because the training methods we will use they will depend on each dog and their personality for the same behavior that you're going to teach two dogs, you're going to teach it differently because of the way they are. And in those classes, this is why it's also good to have a small group like that, because we will be able to focus on each dog individually within the group. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the 11th of April, the Tuesday evening, yeah. the Tuesday after Easter, of course. Uh, two classes, 6.30 and 7.30. You're looking for people to register with you. Yeah. For that, and do they call you on the phone yeah, number? Yeah, yeah, the phone number. So your your phone number is is 8024 Yes, it is. And to give you a call on that, is there a cost involved? Yes, yes, there is a cost. So for the whole four weeks program, it's going to be 160 euros per dog. Okay, yeah. For the four classes. For and the four classes. Include, yeah, and that includes uh, a written recap of every exercise after every session. And of course, I am available if there is any questions, any difficulties. In the meantime, I'm always available, available to chat with people on WhatsApp. So there is also that support going on, um, depending on the issues they can be encountering. Yeah, like if they yeah. need a bit of adjustment on one exercise, saying, okay, I'm doing this, but the dog isn't responding, what do I do? Then we adjust and give them another tip to improve the dog. Yeah, well, there you have it. Um, here in Rings and Town Community Centre, uh, on Tuesday the 11th or from Tuesday the 11th of April Leah will be here with group training classes for puppy and adolescent dogs uh, Harmony for Paws is the name for her company 160 euro uh, per dog classes at half past six uh, in the evening and half past seven uh, so get in there quickly call Leah on 089 213 8024 Leo, thanks very much. Uh, Leo, thanks very much for coming into us. Well, thank you uh, for having and, me. Uh, telling us all about that, and we wish every success with it. Thank you. That's all from the community news desk this week. My thanks to Dylan and Ronan on sound and editing, Leslie on admin, Jennifer on social media, and Darren on the website. If you would like to contact us, our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com. All that remains is to wish you all a very happy Easter. From me, Mick, take care and have a great week.